a lot of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the street the traffic starts jumping And folks like me on a job from nine to five Alright, welcome back to the 9 to 5 podcast. We've returned from our summer bye week. We're ready and uh, set to go here. Uh, we are minus one day. We've got uh, myself, Jarrett McKay, Ty Comer, and Rob uh, Comer with us. Uh, Elliot is not with us tonight. He's got a, an early golf tournament tomorrow in Northern Virginia, uh, along with our other buddy, Ryan Painter, I believe. So best of luck uh, to both of those. Uh, on today's show, we plan on talking about the NBA draft, um, maybe the futures of LeBron and Kawhi, some baseball, uh, and then uh, touch on the Barry Trotz situation uh, in hockey. But we begin this week's show uh, with the some NBA draft analysis. The draft took place earlier in the week on Thursday night. Um, really, there were a couple surprises, but I think the beginning of the draft uh, was what a lot of people expected with Phoenix taking DeAndre Ayton first and Sacramento taking Marvin Bagley third. Uh, with the second overall pick, um, so Ty, we'll start with you. What are you? What are your big takeaways from this draft? Any surprises? And then, what are the players that you think can make the biggest impact uh, in the next season for the NBA with these young guys? Uh, I guess my biggest impact was that uh, the Suns listened to Charles Barkley and didn't f this pick up. Right? Uh, they they went with Aiden. I think that's the most surefire um, way. Uh, you you've got to take the baggage that comes with him with the whole, uh, you know, the painting scandal at Arizona, and now apparently there's another scandal out about him that we haven't really heard a lot about. But there apparently there's there's a little bit of baggage around DeAndre. But uh, I mean he's the most pro-ready player in that class, and uh, I really don't think that there is a way that he could be a bust. Uh, you know I've seen the Suns take some other guys that definitely have the potential to be busts. Like, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure they took Alex Lynn back in the day from Maryland. I never saw that guy yeah, play good, yeah. even at Maryland. Yeah. Um, Last year, I think they got it right there, too. They took Josh Jackson. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. that's another one. A high athletic guy that, uh, that can... That can one of those you know people make Bill Self look good. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, the. I know you're not a big <laughs> Bill Self fan, but uh, the that is becoming an interesting little core they've got going yeah, in Phoenix Booker. with Booker... Josh Jackson, Aiton. Aiton. Well, Aiton was quoted as saying as himself and Booker or Kobe and Shaq 2.0. Yeah. I, I let's not, rush, let's not rush ourselves. Let's, uh, let's, let's take it easy there. But uh, And also, uh, and I know I guess you really haven't given you a chance to mention it, but they also drafted Mikkel Bridges to go along with that young. Yeah, of course, they're not someone to start. Uh, off the bat in that starting lineup, but what happened there? They traded for him. Yeah, they, so they took up. him. Ended up trading up for him like later in the him. draft. I'd like to see for him his stay rights. In um, they've got Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Jackson, Tyson Chandler still there, so he's probably on his way out soon with Ayton. The Ayton pick, Alfred Payton, T.J. Warren. So they've got some young, talented pieces, and adding Ayton, I think, only makes that team better. Yeah, absolutely. And then I liked Dallas's move. Uh, I think they were some of the biggest winners of the whole draft. Absolutely. I think they didn't buy into the Trey Young uh, hype. I mean, I guess they originally – did they – so how does that work in the NBA? They originally took him? Uh, the Hawks took him yeah. with the intention of trading his the, his trading rights uh, to Dallas for Trey Young. So what happened is the Hawks had the third pick. Right, and they took Doncic. The Grizzlies had the fourth pick, and the Mavericks had the fifth pick. So for the Mavericks to trade up, basically, to draft, or for the rights of Luka Doncic, they must have thought that Memphis was going to take him right. to jump up only one spot. So they jumped from five to three. So the Mavericks must have thought that they were... Um, well, that, that tra- or that Luka Doncic would have been taken by... The Grizzlies, or else why else would you I trade think, up? I think the Hawks were going to take him. But that doesn't make sense either. Why would the Hawks trade down I, for someone yeah, that I they – why would they a, give up the rights to someone that they originally wanted? I think it was like a situation last year with the Celtics that he was the best player there and they were going to take him because he's the best player, but they really wanted Trey Young. And if they could move back and get a little extra for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Okay, so that makes that makes more sense to me now. But I just think that Doncic is going to be a great fit in Dallas. I think that European style fits there in Dallas, and I also think that you know Dennis Smith is not that much of a passer. I mean, he might play the point guard position, but uh, Doncic is one of the best passers in this in this class. So, so I think maybe move him that could be over huge. to the two. It's or... a little confusing how they do it. In the NBA, they don't, it's not like the NFL where you trade picks and that team actually takes that slot. So it, I know where you're confused. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird to me. Well, Which Doncic uh, was a, I think it'd be good for Dirk to mentor him. He's oh, like four yeah. inches yeah. shorter, but I think it'd be good I, for him to look up. Some, to him. Something else that comes to mind uh, is you know you talked about Smith maybe not being the the most prolific passer. We talk about positions in the NBA now because we've watched since. You know, we were younger, and the positions actually meant something. Nowadays, they really don't mean they anything. They really don't. Yeah, Other than right. the point guard, they just play. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got people like LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Ben Simmons are playing the point guard position when they really should be a three or four. So you can probably put these guys anywhere on the court, and yeah. they can make a difference. Yeah, that's big. And then uh, so my question to you guys really quickly is, uh, is Colin Sexton – we talked a little bit about it before the show. Is Colin Sexton, one, a – draft pick that will entice LeBron to stay, or two, is it more of a pick to say, okay, if LeBron leaves, Colin Sexton is the athletic uh, you know, guy that can take the ball to the hole, he can finish in traffic. Is he the guy to try to kind of, I don't know, take, I don't want to say take over next, for yeah, LeBron. I don't know why it can't be both. I don't think it's coincidental that they gave him the number two for his jersey. Which, for those of you who don't know, that was Kyrie's Kyrie, number. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think a, it's a pick that a does entice. I, I think it entices LeBron, but does is it going to keep him? one draft pick? Isn't going to keep DeAndre Ayton's not keeping keeping LeBron in Cleveland. He's going to do what he wants to do. The, well, a draft pick's not going to force him to make it. There's not a force so much, but as a as a. A help. There's not a rookie out there that's going to make no, it. It's a veteran they're going to bring right. in. Right, and they, they mentioned that in the pre-draft. There's no player like a Tim Duncan or a LeBron James or a Shaq that is a surefire all-star coming out. Like, there's obviously a lot of potential and, and some safe picks, but there's no player that's going to immediately turn around a franchise like a player like that. But – I think Colin Sexton was the correct pick there. I think with the players that have been chosen, I like Colin Sexton. Uh, that would have been a choice that I would have been happy with had Chicago have went that route. Um, but you know, that's a point that or a position that I think they definitely needed to address was yeah. the point guard spot to help. You know, if they if they're planning on keeping LeBron to take a little ball pressure off of him, and without him, that's maybe a point guard that you can start to uh, put some pieces around if he leaves. Rob, I I like Aiton. Uh, he's a, he's going to be good, but I don't know how well he fits today's game. Uh, in Arizona, they they kept him hidden in the paint, so you don't know how well he can shoot. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, he's got some shooting skills. Because I know I don't, I don't, I'm an admitted Duke guy, but I think Bagley fits the game, the current game, better. I think he can shoot along with the guy the Bulls got, Wendell Carter. I think he was one of the most underrated players in the draft because he was covered up. I'm looking forward up. to talking about him when it comes around to me. I think he was covered up at Duke by Marvin Bagley and Grayson. Grayson and, and Gary Duvall. Trent and Duvall. And he didn't really – I think he can shoot a lot better than he than people think. Um, the Celtics pick, they got Robert Williams. He – he was a top ten talent last year. He's got he's got some head issues, uh, not like physical, um, mental issues. Um, he's got maybe a bum knee that could pop up, flare up in the future. That's why he fell. The Celtics were ecstatic that he fell at twenty seven, fell to twenty seven at them. Um, I think he's a high ceiling pick, and that's something else I wanted to touch on. Wendell Carter. I think he had, in my opinion, I think he has the highest floor in the draft. I don't think he's a – he tries hard, he puts a lot of effort out, and he's a great rebounder. Um, and I, the Trey Young trade I thought was just dumb. He's way over way overhyped. People think he's going to be Steph 2.0. He's not close to it. Look at the slump he went on. He Great shooters don't go in slumps that big, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Markel Fultz. Um and another another outlook I had on the draft was um, the Greek freak's brother got drafted. Yeah, was it last? 
He got drafted, but I don't know if it was another like, round to Takumpo. Yeah, they were yeah. hoping. They're like, just hope he turns into a tenth of his brother. We mm. have something. So, oh, how about Michael Porter Jr.? I know you said something about the fall. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to mention Porter that. Jr. So I'll let you. I'll let you take it okay. away. But him falling to the Nuggets at seventeen is crazy. Yeah. So I'm not going to repeat what we said. We've already talked about the top guys. Um, and before I get into my personal team, yeah, uh, because this is where I get excited, and that's bad when you get excited <laughs> at draft time, but. Um, before we get into that, the two two questions I wanted to ask you guys about. One, what do you think about the Knicks taking Kevin Knox at nine? So that's a top ten pick. They picked him over oh, Mikel Bridges, Miles out. Bridges. They took him over Michael Porter Jr., um, Dante DiVincenzo, which was a player that I heard a lot of good things about from Villanova. Yeah, he got taken like two two times later, two picks later, right? Uh, Todd, did the Knicks reach for – the co-freshman of the year for the SEC, Kevin Knox. I don't know. It's it's always tough. I don't want to put a proclamation on the Knicks that says that they just because their fans sure thought they reached. They booed him, just you know like who, Chris Stapps. Yeah, exactly. I was the, exactly where I was going with this. You know who else they booed was Chris Stapps, and look what they got out of him. Mm-hmm. It's it's always tough. Nobody ever knows. Like, you know, and here we go. I, I always try to stay away from it, but it always happens. Jordan Mercer texted me freaking <laughs> Another, out. It's not a nine to five oh, without I mentioning Jordan Mercer. But but I you know he texted me and said that the the Wizards GM needs a pep talk and who what's he thinking taking this guy and all this stuff. Was and I just asked Troy Brown. I just, I just asked from Oregon. Yeah, I just asked Jordan. I said, it, who did who did you want instead? You know, because give me the names after after Twitter. Uh, okay, so Zaire Smith, who was traded to the Sixers, Divincenzo, okay, Walker, Grayson Allen, Chandler Hutchinson was a bull pick, and the rest of these guys, honestly, I think I heard Aaron Holiday, I Robert think I heard Williams. Mercer wanted Robert Williams. Yeah, yeah, because he, he wanted a big. Yeah. So I don't, I don't mind that as much, but the whole thing about it is he's talking about team needs and all this stuff about uh, talent. Over already, needs. He said they've already got good. Two good small forwards. Name them. Beal, if you want to put him in the small forward category. He's counting Porter, I guess. Otto Porter Otto Jr. Porter Jr. Really? Well, you, who's to say that this guy is going to go in and start? Like, yeah. you have to have depth. He's on not starting. He's 18 years old. When you're, yeah. What position did they pick at? They've got him placed at a small or a shooting guard, and when they you pick placed at 15, 15. When you pick at 15, you're not, you're not picking... An all-NBA That's talent. a developmental pick. You're trying to get him to an all-NBA mm-hmm. pick, but you're not picking a guy right off the bat that's to like, start. okay, he's going to be the face of our franchise, the savior of our franchise. You don't. That's not the entire. That's not the reason you pick that guy. Right. Unless you I, get lucky I, like a Donovan Mitchell or yeah, something absolutely. like that. Absolutely. I do have one thing on Kevin Knox. Is he was one of the best players in high school when he came out. He went to Kentucky. I think he could be good. But the only thing I know for sure about Kevin Knox is he's almost as ugly as Joakim Noah. He's hideous. <laughs> he ugly. He's hideous. So speaking of Joakim Noah, um, obviously played most of his tenure with my favorite team, the Bulls. Uh, I, I, I'm happy with their picks. I'm going to be honest. When I was sitting there watching, I said, I, I say you take the risk and you draft who I thought was the most talented player in the draft, which was Michael Porter Jr., but I I, like apparently, apparently something got out with medical reports for him to fall all well, the way to 15. they didn't release him. They wouldn't release him. See, I heard that the Bulls were the only one that had his full medical report. I, it's something off of that kid. I, I don't know. I don't Something's like not right for him to fall that far. Something's like, also not right for him to call himself the best player in this draft. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to stay away from him. I don't want so, to. So they avoided, along with 14 other teams, they avoided Michael Porter and went with Wendell Carter Jr., who obviously I didn't root for in college, but I never had anything really against him. You didn't hear much from him because all the talk was surrounding Bagley and and Grayson well, Allen. You won't hear a bad word from him because he turned down Harvard to go to Duke. He's never made anything below an A. So he's listed as a center, 6'10", 259 pounds. Obviously the Bulls can use anyone at this point. Uh, I think they're starting to have a lot of faith in Lori Markkinen. But other than that, I'm, I'm already hearing rumors about uh, if anyone uh, right now, so Wendell uh, playing five? I'm assuming he'd play the five. Zach Levine is a restricted free agent. I've heard mumblings that if a team was to give him a max deal, that the Bulls would not match that yeah, offer. So, give him a max. You're assuming that they're building pieces right now. Are 
Lori Markinen and Bobby Portis and Chris Dunn. And so Wendell Carter going in that direction, that means that you're trying to put pieces around Lori Markinen, a defensive rebounder who will play inside. And then later on in the draft, Chandler Hutchinson from Boise State. Um, well, I can tell you. They took him right after Grayson Allen. If the Jazz would not have drafted Grayson Allen, he'd be a bull. And that, that would be where I had a huge issue with that. I, I could not stand Grayson Allen being. Did a you guys ever see? The, did you see the video? I think uh, ESPN or Sports Center. I can't. Rem- I, I can never distinguish between the two. But that Instagram put up a uh, video of when Donovan and um, Grayson played each other. Yep. And Donovan smacked him right in the yes, face. Yes, I do. Oh, and now they're teammates. <laughs> and now they're teammates. Oh, and they were hugging it up. Yeah, just see the embrace on the draft. Oh, oh, no, I saw videos. Yeah, get out of here. So, so this kind of leads us into our next topic, and we mentioned this briefly. Do do the uh, draft results affect the futures of big free agents like, well, Kawhi's not a free agent, but does it affect where some of our big names are going to move in the NBA like LeBron and Kawhi Leonard? Um, you know, talking about the Spurs, they drafted Lonnie Walker, the fourth out of Miami. Um, but does the pick, the Sexton pick maybe entice LeBron to stay or does a pick somewhere else make it more enticing for him to go? I don't remember who the Lakers took. Uh, Mortiz Wagner. Oh, Wagner Morris, from Michigan. Yeah, yeah, he's Morris Wagner from Michigan. So, does the draft does does any of this affect uh, the futures of some of the bigger names? I I don't think there's ever been a rookie picked in the league that has affected the way a veteran thinks and his for his long term success. Now, a veteran moving to another team, yes, but it, when Shot came and was picked, I don't know a lot about that time, but I don't believe. Somebody went to the Lakers because of Shaq. Yeah. And well, I was just thinking, I, I don't know, remember years ago, you know, when Kobe yeah. threatened to leave the Lakers. Yeah. It wasn't a draft pick that kept him there. They went out and traded for Paul Gasol. Yeah, it's always, kept him it's always the big veteran that's established in the league because you never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So Robbie says no. Uh, I would probably agree. I, like I said, I, I think Sexton was definitely the right pick for Cleveland, and they've had some really, really bad uh, management decisions. Um, I think Anthony Bennett stands out to me as probably the worst management decision that they've made. Uh, not surrounding LeBron with talent the first time he was there is probably up there. But I he think Sexton was the right right decision there. Um, that dude sucked. Yeah, he's he's pretty bad. <laughs> he scored about as many points as I did in the NBA. Who are you talking uh, about? Anthony, Anthony Bennett. Bennett. He, no, and that's almost not an exaggeration. Like, he got shut out. He's terrible. Like, his first, like, yeah. 20 games of his of his career. Your number one? Who was... Uh, that, that draft was kind of crappy, but I don't... It, yeah. But, but it, still, it, to get it yeah, that wrong. With with us being off last week, uh, the, week the prior week, we started mentioning about LeBron. Uh, have we had any... Changes of heart or any kind of updates with LeBron and Kawhi where they're going. I really haven't heard anything else except for the fact that um, the Spurs have aggressively tried to connect with and sit down with Kawhi Leonard, and he's been avoiding. Well, they're the Spurs, but now the GM has said that their top goal is to keep Kawhi. The Spurs, so they kinda, want him. The Spurs are kind of taking my approach. If I was the GM, and that. The Lakers called about trading for him, and they hung up the phone. So I would say you oh, play God. or you sit. So you, oh, you, don't, I don't, let, you don't give in to what he You don't let the kids run the classroom as a teacher. Yeah. So, I don't like how they, they let these players say, oh, I don't want to play here anymore. You well, signed a contract. Yeah, and he's... And, and he's he, not a rest- it's not a bad situation. He's got an option. Got one of the best coaches. He's got an option after next year, so he's still under contract for this yeah. entire season. Yes, Ty, you looks like you've got something there. Oh yeah, the, uh, so yeah, I'm going back and looking at the. Uh, he doesn't deserve a lot of time. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. looking at his draft class. Victor Oladipo was taken second. Not a bad. He's, yeah, he's, he's turned. He was all all pro this year. Yeah, he was good. C.J. McCollum was in that draft. Mm. Steven Adams was in that draft. Giannis Antetokounmpo was in that draft. I didn't know that one. Yeah, so there's so there's some big names. Uh, Rudy Gobert was in that draft. Yeah, so they got it pretty wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Al, uh, or, uh, Alan Crabb, who got a super max with Portland, which was weird. Did he really? Yeah. Oof. 
Yeah. Uh, they're still trying. Mohammed, it might not be a super max, but it's a it's a max. I think contract. Mo Bamba was compared as being a similar play style to Rudy Gobert. A lot of people think Mo Bamba's got a really high ceiling. That's originally who I wanted us to take. I don't see Mo Bamba. He never took over at Texas like he should have. I don't know. Well, he's raw. He is. He's raw. It's 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 a project. But I was just thinking on his pure size alone, he could have dominated some of those college kids. Uh, So, Ty, any thoughts about Kawhi or LeBron since the draft? I don't really think the draft. I yeah, I don't think I don't think the, I don't think the draft affects a whole lot. There hasn't been a lot of movement, and as we mentioned in the last show, there won't be a lot of movement until LeBron right. makes his decision. Mm-hmm. When so, does for him open up? It's the uh, first. It's the first. First, which means uh, he has LeBron has until the thirtieth or the 29th to decide whether he's opting in or out. Oh, he's opting out regardless, because if he opts out. He, yeah, can he can still, still he gets yeah. more money. Yeah, and he, he can buy. still resign. Yeah, that won't be much of a story. Yeah, he opts up, opts out regardless. ESPN will make it a big mm-hmm. story, but I'm pretty sure he did that like last year. Yeah, right? he's opted yeah, out yeah. every year, every single year since yeah. he came back. He does a two year deal with a second year being the player option. Right, right. Um, so that if there's nothing new there, we'll we'll head on and uh, move to uh, the NFL. We haven't talked about the NFL in a while. Um, there's been a lot of talk recently about. The Patriots, and if there's a power struggle going on there, what what's going on with the Jimmy Garoppolo and the Robert Kraft versus Bill Belichick? Where does Tom Brady lie? So just just to uh, refresh everyone's memory, Tom Brady went on with Oprah last week, and she mentioned, you know, talked about his retirement, and Brady has since the Garoppolo trade has been talking a lot more about his retirement and that he plans on it being sooner than later, whereas before Garoppolo had left, he said he was going to play at least until he's 45. Uh, earlier in the season, we heard about the power struggle between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick about who's really making the decisions, what is their opinions on Bray. We know how Belichick lets, likes to run the ship. He usually gets rid of players a year or two early before it's a year or two late. However, Kraft has always really given control over Belichick because of the success that he's had there. So... Rob, I'll let you start off. I know you, you like to keep up with New England. I know you're big fans of their system. How much longer do you think Brady will play, and do you think that he is playing this whole situation right with the uh, with the Jimmy G thing? First of all, the horse has made an appearance. <laughs> Seth Comer, work horse. Okay. I, I don't think when it comes to Brady, I don't think anybody's going to decide when he leaves except for him. Kraft won't let Belichick cut him. That might – Lead to Belichick's departure. Yeah, but I think Belichick goes before Brady does. Yeah, yeah. If if, if that were yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that would be a huge if, mistake. If Belichick came, a mistake. Miss Belichick for is the, the future. Most, it would the most important piece right now is what's best for your franchise. If Belichick came to Kraft, Kraft would say leave. If he said we're going to cut Brady, how can you say that though? Belichick would leave. Honestly, Kraft would tell Belichick to leave before Brady went. And I think that would be a massive mistake. How do you know? Because without Brady, how do you know what Belichick is? Well, that, that's well, just I think, it. Go, I think they go hand in hand. Of the Browns, of you know, he, he's been coached plenty of other places. But he was he successful as coordinators. Tom, yeah, exactly. Other than the Browns, I just think you well, you don't successful you're gonna if you if you lose Belichick, then you're gonna lose both because Brady's well, not gonna get the, to play much longer. The thing is, you've got Belichick, who I like. I think he's the best coach ever, but. Garoppolo was forced to be traded by Kraft. I'm not sure it was just Kraft. Belichick I think wanted... Brady was in Kraft's ear saying, well, yeah, get him yeah, out of here. Kraft, Brady doesn't... Yeah. He can, you, we can tell Brady doesn't want any kind of competition but with his... Belichick came and he got overruled by Kraft. And he's always had the mindset that he didn't like the owners being involved. So that's what started this whole thing. Well, he's let Belichick was run he, the show. Yeah, he didn't. But he, Belichick's philosophy has always been owners don't get involved in football decisions. Like, he could never work with Jerry mm-hmm. Jones. No. But that's when Kraft came in. Or, said, uh, or Dan. Kraft came in and said, Garoppolo's out. But you didn't have to go there. Or, uh, Brady, I know you talked about his <laughs> interview with Oprah. <laughs> Two days later, he came out on Instagram and put the Oprah quote up as his picture and hashtagged it with 45 in Spanish. Mm-hmm. 
He, I'm, he's playing to 45. I'm I'm pretty sure he's set on that. I think he watched out last. I think time. he likes screwing with people. Honestly, he does. I think he likes saying like, "Oh, I'm not. I don't know." He Giselle's in my ear. About he said he said in the past too that he'll play as long as he's the best. But I think he came out he's and talked about retirement being soon. Later, was also messing with with Belichick after Garoppolo's uh, Bel- gone. It, Belichick knows that Brady wants to outlast him. Here's, it's a game between the two. Here's the thing that, that I think, too, as well, is, like, I think Brady is just, he just wants Belichick to kiss his butt a little bit. Honestly, he wants I, to be praised. Think, yeah. it can't, he can't just be playing for rings. He's got those. Right. A lot of people already consider him the greatest to ever do it. So what is what, he still playing for? He's, he's, never, praised he's never been praised like a Peyton Manning, I don't think, within his own organization because of the way the Patriots run things. Yeah, that's Belichick that's treats him as a So it's player. finally got to a power struggle by saying, okay, I want people to make sure I'm getting the credit I deserve within my organization well, I, instead I of just saying it's, it's Belichick. The, I think it's some of the Belichick makes him do everything all the other players do when Peyton and them, they got the easy way through training camp and something a little bit. Bel- Brady gets no leash when it comes to that. He has to do everything uh, the rookies do. He, doesn't he have his own personal trainer? No, he did have his own personal out. trainer. He? Yeah. He's banned from I, the stadium. I knew that was a yeah, He did. I don't he think did. he might still work out, but he's no longer allowed in the he's, stadium, he's which is kind of what started this whole power struggle. Power struggle. And we look, it's inevitable. It happens to every franchise, especially when you win. The, 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 the credit's got to go somewhere. See, right? he was helping Grant, too, and some other players on the team. Belichick told him to get out. So he didn't want him infiltrating his own team. Like, when it was just Brady, he was okay with it. But he started getting with other players. Yeah. Because Edelman worked with him too, right? Yeah. So Edelman there's a couple Gronk. players working with him. Yeah, I can see that. I just, you know. So what do you guys it's every, think? It's every dynasty has to fall. I, it has, I, and and that, they do. And talking about I can't wait every, for every dynasty. I can't wait for the Warriors stuff to For start. whatever reason, yeah, whether, it's, uh, whether it's players retiring or whatever, you know, every dynasty does come to an And I would say, I know the Cowboys are my team. But I would not be surprised if they traded for if Gronk got shipped to the Cowboys before the year's over. I can tell you, I would be sh- as shocked as anything. And my thinking behind it is is Gronk's on his way out somewhere because he's talking retirement, and Belichick won't put up with that. Well, that seems exactly like a Jerry Jones type of player, and that's what I'm thinking. really yes. Oh, oh, absolutely, Jerry Jones give up. They but say a player not so like a tight end because I mean we've always known what's Whitten the whole win. Number one now. salary cap is not going to allow. I don't think we've got room. Oh, they they got like thirty couple million now. They cut Dez. They got a little money there. But I just think they and that, they're is, talking about this Doc friendly offense. Well, you put someone like well, Ronnie in there, tight end. He does need a tight end. They say Gronk's value is around a second-round pick right now. Jerry would give up a first. I would give up a second-round pick in a heartbeat for Gronk. That's what I'm saying. Except I, that's just my future projection. you got injury problems. That's yeah. my you've got I'd injury to, problems. I'd still give up a second-round pick for him. Yeah, I'd give up a second-rounder. Yeah, Has he been healthy through a Super Bowl victory for them? No. So they, they've proved that they can win a Super Bowl without him. I just don't. I don't see him lasting there the whole season. Look, you got him on the, the whole side. season. He's over, he's over here thinking Gronk? about so the possibility. Pre- now. So you're saying there's a real chance Gronk ends the season with a team other than the Patriots? I think he does because I'm. I, I that's love, a pretty high. That's a pretty bold uh, statement. Look at look at Jared. He, I'm not he sure. That's a pretty bold chair. statement. He's all excited. I'm he not sure the Patriots. I don't know. I, something's not right. He looked a little tired coming in the nice uh, podcast, but I'll tell you what. He's perked up since oh, he heard Robbie say something about Rob Gronkowski coming to the Dallas Cowboys. So sticking with the NFL, let's let's uh, keep this thing going. You guys heard about Julio Jones' holdout. He actually has three years left on his contract, so this is strictly... Yeah, when did he sign his last deal? It's been recent. Yeah, man. recent. This is strictly off of what he thinks Beckham's going to make. Uh, what was the last receiver to make the big deal? Because obviously this isn't about a tenure thing. He's he is going to be a Falcon for life if, if, if it's up to the organization. Big deal. It's not like the Falcons are thinking about it getting might rid be of him. him. I don't know. He's holding out. He's working out with T.O. So he's not. He is doing his workouts. It's not like he's sitting home. You know but how he physically doing, gifted T.O. works and how hard he works. Physically. But the Falcons have an issue with him not being at camp. Yeah. Uh, do they have? Do they and should they have an issue with him working out with T.O.? I don't have the problem. Oh, uh, it was DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. Nuke, I don't, nuke the I don't have the problem working out with T.O. My problem comes with you have three years left. You sign the contract. You show up and play football. Mm-hmm. At least if you got a year left, okay, still a little babyish. But you sign the contract. I would 
I would just tell him you're either going to play for the contract and or you're set. And I'm I'm pulled on this. I usually 99% of the time sign with the players, especially in the NFL, uh, because you can sign a contract and two months later you can be cut from the team. And well, that, you, you get your guaranteed money. You get your guaranteed, but most he's, of the time if a, they say a $100 million deal, you might have 50 of it guaranteed. Well, my thing is on it with three years left, he's not through his guaranteed money yet. So they, they couldn't cut him. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why the three but years he, is too much. With with as good as he is, he probably does deserve a pay Let me raise. see what his deal is. But I I don't I'm like holding out with three years left. Just I don't know if I'm in agreement. I think it's that. detrimental to the team, especially when you're asking for a pay cut. They're a Super Bowl contender. That that money could go to other players. And he's definitely used. Yes, yeah, I mean like I don't think I don't like he's way underpaid. I don't think he's deal. used enough in the red zone, but he's. He is definitely a key part of that offense. I think who it affects the most is probably Matt Ryan not having his best target, you know, at OTAs and training camp. I just I, I think it's a bad look for other receivers in the league if the Falcons give in here. That's just saying hold out anytime you want, we'll give you a new deal. And I'm sure the nice. Falcons are probably petrified that he's hanging out with T.O. because T.O.'s probably <laughs> In his ear. In his ear about player empowerment. Like, you stay here until they pay you. But on the other hand, you've got receivers, and you know how their egos are, and if he can't be on the field and get his stats. But Julio's never been known to be a drama queen, is the thing. No, but he still wants milestones at his end of his career. I would want him to hang out with someone like T.O. if any of his skill would rub off, like any kind of strategy. He obviously takes care of his body. He looks... Ripped to shreds he and just ran, ran a four four forty at forty four years old. I yeah, can't believe we're talking about To again. This is like the third straight <laughs> show we've talked about To. Ty, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Julio? Notice first of all, I want you guys to notice. Uh, this is uh, go back through the shows. There are a lot of Dallas Cowboys being talked about. Whether it be the actual Cowboys, these or were like small the mentions. Uh, the Gronk was a very small. He signed, yeah, in twenty fifteen, he signed a. Five years, $71.2 million. Which is a little bit behind what uh, I just read. Uh, for Hopkins. For Hopkins. Hopkins signed a five-year, $81 million with so, 49 And next year, I think, is Beckham's big year, right? Yeah. After this well, you season? Pick, you give me the two, I'll take Hopkins every day of the week. Yeah. Over Beckham and... I'll take Hopkins Hollywood. over anybody in the league. Hopkins is scary in the fact that he hasn't had... You know, he hasn't gotten he had a rapport with his games, quarterback. He had six games of watching this year, and that's the best quarterback yeah. he's ever played with. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, he, and he's he still showed tearing, up on the field. He, he's still tearing up. I think talent-wise, he's the best in the league. And I, I thought it was a bigger difference than we're talking like $10 million between Julio Jones. I don't think that's worth holding out three years left. That's just bad. Yeah, yeah that's a bad look. And, and it goes to show you that all these players – I know it's a business, and I understand all that. And you're trying to make money for your family for generations down the road. I get it. Um, you're also trying to buy the nicest cars and have the biggest houses. But um, it just goes to show you that a lot of these guys don't give two craps about winning. No. They just no. want money. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of saddening. I mean, you, you see all these players. Um, and so when a player like that comes out and says, well, I want to be a, a Falcon for life, or I want to be a this for life. Do you really? It's a joke. Or a joke. are you there, especially be... in the NBA? I want to be a, I don't want to be a Nick for life. Do you really, or do you want to be there because that team can now offer you the most money by far? The only which, players... is the, which is the league's way of enticing people to stay. The only exactly. big-name players that I can think of that have really ever put their money where their mouth is and taken a pay cut is Brady and Big Ben to help the team. Yep. Yeah, they do. And I'm sure there are there, some. There are two that want to win, and they they could be paid the most. And I, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I think they're we're going to see that maybe with Golden State if they want to keep this thing. Well, going. Yeah, Durant took a pay cut this year. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that, but to continue to play with all stars. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure he'll make up for it this year. He's opting out. Yeah. Yeah. And I had and I I had another thought, but it <coughs> it escaped me that that it is related to pay cuts. Yeah, pay cuts. It, uh, just not many people you see actually take a pay cut and go through with it to help the team. And with the NFL, Rob, you know, you probably know about more of this than I do, especially with you know your your schooling. But a lot of it is just moving money 
throughout like more years. So like if they say that we've cleared up this amount of cap, yeah. it might just be because they're pushing it over a long yeah, period of time. Yeah, they'll push it to the or... salary, um, the bonus. They'll push it to guaranteed. It all affects this cap in different ways. Mm-hmm. I know Romo's money. The Cowboys are still paying Romo. It pushed it down the road. That's why they're kind of in cap trouble now. But Romo was okay with them pushing it down the road to help the team. Oh, I, I know what I was going to say. Uh, Carmelo Anthony could have opted out this summer to leave uh, Oklahoma City to join a different team. Obviously, he's washed up. Guess what? He's opting in because he's yeah. getting that huge deal yeah, yeah. for staying with that team. In, in that point, I can't blame him. No, I can't he's blame coming him. off his worst year in his well, career. Well, yeah, he's not going to get it somewhere else. Exactly. And he earned but that. he did the same thing with the Knicks. And he earned that money. And it, like, yeah, he earned, it's a lot like baseball contracts. You know what? He yeah. had a chance to join the Bulls when we had okay. Joe Kim right. Noah, right. Derek Rose, right, Carlos Boozer. He had a chance. Yeah. We had a chance yeah. to win a title. We're taking, we're taking this back. If he have went to Chicago we're, and he chose the money, he said, we're taking this, we're taking this away from you. We're taking this away from you. Wow. My Carmelo take is it's all like baseball contracts. Baseball players, See, they get old. <laughs> Baseball players get old. They sign these big deals. They don't live up to the money, but they earned that money earlier in their career when they were hitting the hell out of the baseball. Yeah. And it's a lot like Carmelo. He's earned this money with his prior play. Absolutely. And, and like I said, worst year of his career. He's not going to get it paid anywhere else. And, and he's got it with this he's team. Got, he's he got a decent... With the Thunder. They traded for him with that contract. They knew it was there. He can also use the fact that I mean, this is a team that's going to make the playoffs year in and year out. I mean, with Russell and Stephen yeah. Adams and himself. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't matter where Paul goes. Well, maybe he's better with Paul George gone. Absolutely. Carmelo, I mean, maybe, maybe he he's done. No, he could work better as a two-headed monster instead of a three-headed monster. No, he with, always said, shoot until you get hot. That's, that's right. just more shots with Paul gone. Yeah. Which, <laughs> who knows, that might just... Well, that those shots that are allocated for that Paul George might just all go over to Russ. Could that experiment Russell? failed miserably. Yeah, I didn't have high hopes for it to begin with, but I thought it would do better than. Yeah, we still went back to basketball after talking. Yeah, talking we did. Football. We're going to finish the start lineup before we take a break, talking about uh, the MLB. And the, the good thing about this is that we don't really have anything specifically written down. We just want to update, you know, what's going on with baseball. Who are the best teams in the league? Who's kind of like falling off? Any any kind of surprises, and then any kind of talk. I know uh, one thing that I'd like to hear is is thoughts on Bryce Harper and, and if there's anything changing on there, and then also hear about your favorite team. So here would be about the Red Sox and the Nationals. So Rob, uh, what what are we looking at with the uh, Red Sox right now? I know earlier when we were playing golf, you were talking about Chris Sale, how he's starting to uh, increase the speed Chris and the velocity on his Sale pitches. Sale was setting. Consistently around 97 today, touched 100 a couple times. I don't know where he's picked up this extra velocity, but I'm sure the horse would like to know. Um, <laughs> horses but, now joined the table with us, yeah. uh, sitting and uh, sale, seeing how this shows. Sale went seven innings a day, four hits, and 13 strikeouts against one of the better teams in the American League. I never thought I'd say it with the Mariners. They have the second or third best record in the American League. Uh, no, it's fourth. They're behind the Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros. Um, Red Sox have been playing decent ball. The last ten games, I think they're seven and three. They've, they've tied it back up with the Yankees. The Red Sox hit at 52-27, and 27, best record in the American League, tied with the Astros. The last ten games, they're five and five, so they've kind of fallen off. The Yankees have fallen off. They just got swept by the Rays, Tampa Bay, Rays. Mm. Um, Andahar, he had a good. He's had a good. Think week. about that when you're playing golf tomorrow, Elliot. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> JD Martinez been lighting it up. Uh, Jackie Bradley with three hits today. I know the. I'll kick it over to Ty. I know the Nationals traded for a big reliever this Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, oh man, what a trade! Got, got him for a little nothing. Too. Yeah, we got it. We got Kelvin Herrera for some prospects I had never heard of. Peanuts. Peanuts, exactly. <laughs> there, there were nothing. Edmonics, washing machine, washing yeah. machine, whatever you we want to call it. Washing machine to get him. What would he say? Kelvin Herrera. Washing machine back now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so are you done with yours, Rob? Yeah, uh, they just had a pretty good week. Yeah. yeah. So the Nats uh, just—I mean, we're filming the, or we're doing this podcast at it's almost one a.m. now. But um, the game was delayed for a little bit. The Sunday night ball game against the Phillies. 
Um, and the Nats with a big come-from-behind victory over the Phils, the fighting Phils. And, uh, we, so we trailed them by a game and a half now, and we trailed the Braves by three and a half games. We're three and seven in our last ten games. Uh, you know, I thought I they picked it up. Yeah, I did too. But here's the thing. I, from the start, and I will continue, I don't care if we win a World Series. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say yeah, that. I know what you're going to say. I have not been a proponent of Davey Martinez. Mm-hmm. I, I will continue to not be a proponent of Davey Martinez. We never saw Dusty Baker struggle with this amount of talent. The the years that he struggled were when we were injury depleted. Uh, you know, when guys like Bryce Harper weren't uh, performing. Bryce is also not performing. We, you said to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, a, a Big lot contract of, year for him, and this is what he's doing. A lot of local sports. So working with uh, with Jason and Austin recently, they listen to a lot of local uh, sports talk shows, kind of similar to this, but they're strictly on the local sports, and they are starting to question the effort about Bryce. So not just well, if he's not hitting very well, he's not going to play very well at all that night. Or you can tell by his body language, he's just oh, it's, not it's into that doubt. night. It's without a doubt. So is that affecting the team as a whole, or what's? I don't think it's. A Affecting the is team it affecting well? his I, I, what he's going to get this offseason regardless of who only, gives him the money? The, the only thing affecting the team is really I think Murphy's being missed majorly in the lineup. Which Murphy is just he made it back. Oh, did he? He's yeah, back. Okay. yeah, he's back this okay. week. But I was I want to touch on your Dusty Baker point. I highly doubt. I don't know the specifics, but I don't think he was ever forty-one and thirty-five at any point in the season with any of his years. No. He was at the Nationals. They no. were always blowing the doors off the division. Yeah, Dusty should have just never been fired. He didn't have it, – it's on the players at the at that point in the playoffs. I don't, I don't remember him making any big blunders in the playoffs other than he, okay, Jason Worth being the out Jason there. Worth starting thing, that that was big for a lot of people, including oh, shot number two, Jordan Mercer. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Seth was also not a fan. I, I get it. You know, but at that point, he's shown a little bit of loyalty and – you know, okay, he made one bad decision in his two, what, two, three, yeah, four years of you being You don't get fired for that. And that's something he should not be fired for. And uh, apparently to um, Rizzo, that was a good opportunity to get rid of your head coach and bring in some guy that had never coached in his life. He's well, never been he a got, manager on the professional he level. He gets the job. And this is what he's getting. He gets the job because he's under Jesus and Joe Madden. Oh, yeah, and, and Joe Madden is this – uh, change know, in baseball. Was this? Change in baseball. We want to go in that direction too. Well, congratulations. He brought a camel into spring training to get over the hump. Yep. Oh, he's just, he thinks he's the. We're going to touch on this. In That's seven another subject stretch. with the Cubs. They're sitting at 42 and 33. Yeah. They're, they're not. They're not right. on fire either. They've done that a few times, though. Yeah. They've done yeah. that a few times. They, they'll come around. We'll mention this in the seventh inning stretch, but is this a situation or was the Dusty situation similar to what happened uh, with the Capitals and Barry Trotz? Was it a situation where the coach in the front office just were not on the same page? And it's a situation where, if, okay, if Dusty doesn't lead us to a World Series, he's out. I don't, it's I just that, a I think that was just more a straight up firing. Point, yeah, I think Dusty had a pretty good relationship. And yeah. he had no intentions of leaving? No, no, absolutely not. He was having a good time. Yeah. And I'm going to use this opportunity to, to bring back someone that I haven't mentioned today is the Chicago Bulls. Several years ago. Oh, my God. Are you was, talking about Tom Thibodeau? I'm talking about Tom Thibodeau. I can't oh, obviously Tom one Thibodeau better, made an appearance in this show. Seriously. Obviously a great coach. Okay. Look at the time. Okay, look at what we were working with. We were working with a Derrick Rose that came he off. He killed Derrick Rose. Off of a knee he injury. He killed Derrick Rose. We were working with Paul Gasol, who was Derek in his later years. Derrick Rose never been in the ball game against the Sixers in the ACL. With the roster we work with, we were. They were up at 20. Huh? They were up 20. He pulled a booby miles. Get in there, booby. <laughs> Why are you? Because Colbert doesn't please. have his helmet. I'm saying we'd uh, the year he got fired to bring in Hoiberg, we'd have had to win the. Do finals. you think I'm playing football? Do you think I'm playing football? <laughs> we'd have had to win the finals for him to stay there, and even but then, Tim he might have got the very. Thibodeau is a lot like Davey Martinez in the fact that he came from a championship winning team under Doc Rivers. Yeah. And he ran the defense. It doesn't hard. always. It doesn't always go as you. And play. we had 50 win seasons under Thibodeau. Well, he's doing a decent job with the Timberwolves. But I'll put it to you this way. His system will never win a championship. Yeah. And it's today's NBA, and you know it. Okay. I'm not saying I mean, Mark D'Antoni's closer. All right, back to the NBA League Baseball. We got 
About 30 seconds. So finish up on baseball before we take a break. We're doing pretty good on time. Here. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to go through some big surprises in the league. Uh, no surprises in the AL East. Uh, both those teams are Is it a surprise the Orioles are that bad? Yeah, yeah okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> 27 and a half games back, 23 and 53. They're, they're horrible. They're terrible. Uh, it's all about when and there's Machado's talk, There's talk of the Red Sox trying yeah. to get Adam Jones. Yeah, I've heard that too. I, I've heard from a couple Orioles fans that say, Machado, Jones, and Davis need to be shipped out. I don't think anybody's going to take yeah. Davis's contract. But and, uh, another thing I saw was Dave Ducat, the Orioles' general manager, is contemplating not trading Machado. You're fired if you don't trade him. Yeah, you're you not gotta, getting anything. He's you got to get rid of him. Yeah, he's going to walk. Uh, okay, but uh, some surprises: the Tigers only eight games back. They had a bad week, and they played the Indians this week. Yeah, they were up there pretty tight. Yeah, they were only about three games back. Uh, the Tigers are working with a load of crap. Okay, Kansas City, they've tied the Orioles for the worst record. Yeah, they're horrible. Uh, in the AL West, the Mariners are 16 games over 500. they They're so good. Uh, they're actually yeah. six games ahead of the Angels, who probably won't make the playoffs again, and you're just wasting away Mike Trout's career. I think that the Mariners are the biggest shock of the league. In the major leagues? Yeah, I can is see Mike that. Trout the early – is he the LeBron James of the MLB when LeBron was in Cleveland the first time? I don't understand. See, the whole thing about basketball situation. It's a, it's kind of that way, but, but basketball obviously one doesn't good have player, a team. Basketball one good no, no, player I know can get you to the. No, I'm saying, I'm saying you have one player that is, is considered the best in baseball. Maybe is by the time it's over one of the best of all time, and you're not giving him any help. The Angels try. They really do. They went out and did the whole pool hose, pool hose signing, and, and they. But got, we knew that that was going to be the later. They got half Justin Upton career. out there. Then they traded for Upton. Um, they got Shohei Otani. I mean, but they're trying. It's but hard. They're just not when you're good the enough. Angels, it's hard to compete with the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Red Sox when it comes to free agents. Yeah. Mm. The Athletics are two games over 500. That that's a that's a surprise to me. Okay, and then the National League East. That's a huge. Yeah, the both Braves. those teams, the Braves and the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies made some trades to get better. They got and they got Arietta in free agency. They got uh, Carlos Santana in free agency. I'll put the Braves with the Mariners up there as the biggest shot for but, myself. Yeah, the Braves just surprised me to be leading and playing so well. They're eight games over yeah, I thought they were going to be a little young this year. Yeah, I thought they were going to be a little young, and I thought that the pitching staff would not even get them close to where they need to be, but they've got some young, talented arms that are really freaking good, and they're kind of scary. Uh, Brewers are leading the NL Central. They, they did this last year, right? Yeah, the Brewers. They they're, they're good, though. I, they, they made some they trades. They hit the ball. They, I think, yeah, trades that, uh, that got them a lot better and some free agency signings as well. Lorenzo Cain out there now. Uh, Christian Yelich, so they're two talented outfielders, and plus the is, emergence uh, of Josh Hader is unbelievable. How is uh, Eric Thames doing? I haven't heard last year. He set the world on fire, but yeah, but that's because he was playing the Reds for the first two weeks yeah, of the season. Yeah. So he hit like ten home runs in the first two weeks. Cubs, two games back, they'll get it together. They do this every year. Uh, cards are hanging around at four and a half games back mm-hmm. of the division lead. Um, then the NL West is like the best division yeah, in baseball. Yeah. I mean, they've got the Diamondbacks are leading it. Then they've got the Dodgers. They got Zach Greinke. Uh, are two and a half games yeah. back. Yeah, and Corbin. I mean, in every in every uh, the Dodgers must have turned it around a little bit because they were. The yeah. Padres had a bad week. Okay, and the reason I'm even bringing up the Padres, they're, they're two and eight in their last ten. But um, the reason I'm bringing that up is because they're only ten and a half games back of. Um, the divisional lead. When's the last time the Padres were ten games back this late in the season? season? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like all these teams are it's doing pretty well. And I'm telling you, Robbie, <laughs> they were they were like seven and a half games back, like at the beginning of this week. And yes. it's it's unbelievable to me that all five of those teams are right there in the hunt. Yeah, and uh, San Francisco's without Bumgarner, aren't they? Yeah. So that it'd be in, like you said, late June. Uh, not even at the All Star break yet. Who are the favorites right now to come out of each comp- of each uh, league, AL and NL? I like the Mariners. I, I, I mean, I, I hate to say that and and jump on a bandwagon, but they're tough. The Red Sox. They're, they're really good. They're they've they've they're struggling now, three and seven, I guess. But once they get Robbie Cano back, I mean, <sighs> the Red Sox and the Mariners just played two back to back series. They ended up splitting overall. I think the Yankees definitely come out. The Red Sox definitely come out. Astros definitely. The come Astros out. definitely come out. I think the Mariners get a wild card, and then you have the Indians. Did you yeah, say the Indians. Indians. So if you had to pick a World Series right now, who would you pick? 
Oh, it's it's whoever makes it out of the, the AL Stories? East. Whoever whoever survives the AL East battle um, between the Yankees and the Red Sox. I mean, obviously one of them's going to win it, and the other one's going to get the wild card. But whoever makes it past that, like yeah, yeah. one of those teams is winning the the, the American League. To me. So you're having the Strohs uh, not well, actually able to defend their. I'm going to go with the Strohs just because uh, they're pitching. Yeah, unless the Red Sox Yankees pick up an ace at the deadline. I shouldn't have said that. I should have said. This year, it's going to be different in the fact that the Indians will not be contending for the American League pennant. Yeah, they, they won't be. The, the Yankees and Red Sox and Houston, and the, and Houston will be okay. competing for the American and League. The National League. And then in the National League, That's it's kind of up in the air. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to see like the Braves come in, come out of it. No, uh-uh. please. Please. Now, I, know, I, I don't like the Phillies. Please. But I'd love to see the Braves. No, I, I would Milwaukee. much rather see the Phillies. Milwaukee would be about fine with me. I think you got some friends that are... Braves fans, don't you? Oh. <laughs> Braves fans. So who'd you say? Uh, the favorite? I'm just going to go The favorite out of the National League. Until the, until the Cubs are beaten, i <laughs> I got to say the Cubs again. I mean, they're two games back of the I'm Brewers right the, now. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Uh, you know, I was going to say they're going to make a real Kershaw was not good in his return yeah, I saw yesterday. That. But they, they've been playing better baseball because they were under 500 for a while. Yeah. All right. We got a couple more headlines when we come back for the seventh inning stretch. Um Talk about a couple of uh, controversial topics: Jameis Winston suspension and the release or resigning of whatever you want to call it, Barry Trotz. Uh, and that's when we come back to nine to five. All right, welcome back to nine to five sports. Time for the seventh inning stretch. We're going to talk about some controversial topics uh, for some more headlines today in our seventh inning. Uh, beginning with Jameis Winston. Uh, earlier in the week, we heard a couple days ago about him uh, resurfacing uh, an issue with him and an Uber driver that happened in, the, in his past, and now he's facing a three-game suspension. From what I hear, he is not appealing to the NFL to Roger Goodell, and so he'll be setting the first three games of the Buccaneers season. Um, guys, if you have more information on his incident with this Uber driver, go ahead and tell our listeners what happened there, and then tell us what do you think the Buccaneers situation look uh, looks like within the first three weeks without their starting quarterback. Ty? Well, all this is stemming from 2015 incident, so it's been a while since it's happened. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed. Uh, I know you said earlier that we've all kind of like expected it, and this is uh, this was definitely a a thought of what could be when they drafted Jameis. But, uh, you know, we've heard so many stories of how he knows everybody from the people that serve dinner and the calf at the games, and he knew all the people at Florida State. And yep. He knows everybody. He knows their family. He's, he's care, you know, he, he cares a lot about all, about all these people. And, um, you know, so it's just kind of surprising to see him continue <coughs> to do the stupid stuff that he's doing. And uh, I, I guess not really surprising, but it's disappointing. And, uh, you know, he's going to take that suspension against the uh, the and, a good three teams is what we uh, yep. talked about. And the Buccaneers knew that he had character issues when they drafted him. Yeah, and, and I so I'm not, like I said, not surprised, just disappointed because it seemed like he had turned a corner. And besides character, talent-wise, do you think that the picks worked out for him? I mean, he's still our starting quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it's a three-game suspension that they're giving him, giving him um I mean, there's three first games they're going to lose anyway. They're going to be 0 and 3 with him, and they're going to be 0 and 3. Without him, it doesn't matter. Right. They've got the. Uh, the they game. open the season up uh, on the road in New Orleans. In New Orleans, that's a Sunday. That's a loss. That's one o'clock. Next, the week two, they are at home against the Eagles. Eagles. And I remember Carson loss. Wentz most likely won't be there. That'll be Nick Foles. Doesn't matter. Hell. And then Still a Super Bowl winner with Nick Foles. Week three, which would be his final game of suspension, that's a Monday night game, and that's in Pittsburgh. Definite L. L. Uh, well, maybe. In yeah. Pittsburgh? That's a definite L. So wrong? Yeah, that's an L. Uh, the reason he's not going to appeal is that the way his contract is set up, he loses more money the later he gets suspended in the season. So he's going to take the three games off the top. So he'll and save probably money. because he knows he's going to lose. Yeah. Everybody loses against Roger Goodell. There is no, oh, yeah, there is no win or lose. You, you lose. Yeah, that's right. Jerry threw all the money in the world at him. The judge, the jury, and the executioner. That's right. But, uh, you know, Jameis has a lot of accidents. He had accidents with this Uber driver. He had accidents with a girl that accused him of rape. 
He has accidents everywhere else with crab legs. He he <laughs> he, had he some, didn't have an accident at school when yeah, he jumped on the school. table yep, and yelled state. a famous phrase. And if you think about, it, you'll remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe that became a craze, but it did. It did. It, it, it caught him for a while. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's not it's not major stuff. He's not killing people. Um, he's not <laughs> like Hanley. I'm like Hanley, that's right. Uh, Aaron <laughs> Hernandez 2.0 maybe. Uh, but you, if he's your franchise quarterback, it's something you put up with. Because it's, it's happened in 2015. He hasn't done anything recently, so I don't think this is a big deal. That's just something you don't want coming from, like you said, your franchise quarterback. Not really a good look there. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm almost with you. At this point, I mean, I, I'm of the opinion that for the most part, up, I think upsets can happen every week in football, but without your starting quarterback, now you're looking at a 35-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick as your backup. So that's what they're going to look at for the first three games. Um, I think there is another Ryan – is it Ryan Griffin maybe that their third-string quarterback is? But I think as long as Fitzpatrick is there, that's going to be where they're going to go Yeah. for the first three games. And I just think it it puts you in a terrible hole. 0-3, you're already I mean, looking down. The percentage of making the playoffs at 0-3 is – like low 30s. But, look, they play the Saints twice a year. Divisional games, I think, unless you are like the Patriots who dominate yeah, that division. It, it's hard to win the Super Bowl. Divisional Bowl. games are so up and down. You, you, you never know who's going to win. I know, especially in our division, you never know who's going to win each But if it's game. in Tampa, it's a different story. It's hard to play in the damn. That's right. It, it's, it's hard to play in New Orleans. But they, you've got Philadelphia coming in as your home opener. That's obviously a tough game. But they don't have Wentz yet. So... If if what you say, Robbie, is true, you're not a huge believer in Nick Foles. You don't think he's that great of a quarterback. No, and look, Super Bowl. Well, are they sure Carson might be back? I don't think he's going to be ready for Week One and Two because it should be about ten months. He, I don't know. Well, just, without him, even with him, like he's going to go a long time without playing. And how often do we see Super Bowl teams come out the next year and come out on fire? A lot yeah. of times, there's a little bit of a hangover. I just issue. don't. I don't know. Week Three, that's at home against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, especially early in the year. Right, it's at Pittsburgh, right? No, it's at Tampa. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's at, at New Orleans. Well, earlier we said it was at Pittsburgh. Oh, oh. at New Orleans, at home against the Eagles, at home against the Steelers. <laughs> Steelers early in the year, they have a tendency to play down to their competition. Remember last year early in the season they lost to the Bears, and that was in Chicago. And they got a blocked field goal for a touchdown. They still yeah, lost. the Steelers got a blocked field goal for a touchdown. Yeah. So um, we're, we're talking about a team that has – a tendency to fall to lower teams, and I don't think the Buccaneers are a terrible team. But I, I and rather, now without Winston, you just lose even but more I, of a I'd just rather him sit out against those top three teams than somebody like the Bears or the Dolphins. The Bears would be who he'd be coming back against, but then he's going to come back against the Bears, and then he's going to have a bye week. So he's only going to play one game right, well, in the first game, five. He's going to beat the Bears. Um, we think so. He's going to beat the. We he's think going so. To beat the when we get into well, that, that's another segment. thing. There's an article we I say on, on paper. Oh, we're going to beat them. There's an article on. I can't remember the guy's name. It's Adam something on NFL Network said the Bears will be in the playoffs, and that is something I will hold for a later date. <laughs> How many people said the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl last year? But that's a whole other story. The Bears being in the playoffs. Okay, who's in their division? Who's name me another. Okay, you name got me some Vikings. players on the team, huh? Name me some players. <laughs> Mitch on the team. Trubisky. Okay. Other terrible. than the quarterback. <laughs> Tariq Cohen. Okay. Uh, and let's think of that, too. I don't know. You got the really Packers not. and the Vikings. No <laughs> shot. Is that one guy, that one and your other receiver wild card, still there? And your other What's wild card's coming out of the NFC East. Huh? What's that one receiver's name? We're over. Kevin White. We're over. Yes. We're Kevin over time. <laughs> Next topic is, let me pull up my outline here. Next topic, Barry Trotz. Mm, <laughs> Ty, start, uh, Ty started us off with Barry Trotz. He resigned this week from his position as Capitals head coach after winning the Stanley Cup Finals. He is now a coach up in New York. Are you team Barry Trotz or Caps with the what I seem to be uh, an argument over contract issues? Trotz wanted a bigger raise. Caps were not interested. and I, You could kind of tell all season they were ready to move on from Barry Trotz. What's your takeaway from this? Uh, yeah, you're totally right. I, I think... Trotz was fired at separate times in the season, and they just didn't quite pull the trigger quick enough, and then they made a little bit of a run. He was fired midway through the season when the Caps weren't looking to be the best team in the Metropolitan Division, and then they made a run, and they got back into it, and they won the Metropolitan. 
then he was fired, definitely fired, after going down 2-0 to Columbus in the first round of the playoffs. Came back and won the series. Came back and won the series. Definitely okay, well, fired again definitely after, fired after again. losing three in a row. Well, then we beat Pittsburgh, and then that, that you know, oh, yeah, took yeah. a little bit of time away from that. They said, okay, well, maybe, you know, we can we can live with trots for a little bit longer. Then they got to Tampa Bay, and they got up 2-0 and lost three straight, and he was fired again uh, because the cap. there was no way that the Caps were going to come back and win uh, game six at home and then game seven in Tampa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no shot. Well, we got a man named Braden Holtby that shut him out both games. So uh, we move on to the Stanley Cup, and now we have entered rarefied air. We win it, uh, and so Trotz is... Uh, is ecstatic and as he should be, and he did a great job in the playoffs. He got those guys to play like I've never yeah, seen him play. He's ready for that pay raise? And he's ready for that pay raise, and they are not going to give it to him. I don't mind this. I know it's kind of crazy, especially for somebody that um, it's a different situation with Dusty Baker and Davey Martinez. Um, but I don't know, man. Hockey's just a little bit different for me. I think the associate head coach is basically doing the same thing that Trotz is doing. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a hard decision for me because I love trots. Um, I've never been a guy to say fire trots, even when that guy was yelling at trots from the upper deck. Say something, trots! <laughs> uh, i I've never been a big, uh, proponent of fire coach. Um, Jordan Mercer, you always have been. Yeah. There's another shot. Oh, that might be our third tonight. Um, uh, so, but I'm not, I'm not a big fire this guy, fire that guy. So once we finally won it. And he wanted money. I couldn't blame him. And at the same time, I couldn't blame the Caps for not wanting to pay him. And I know Robbie has a different feeling about that because he's being we're being stingy. It doesn't count towards our cap or whatever it may be. But I think Rob is strongly team trots here. Yeah, I understand. Rob? Yeah, I don't like it because you're a team that's never won the championship. You get there. You win it. I would think you'd like to keep it together. you got trots who... Uh, he's been iffy, but he's led the Capitals to some President's Cups. Three, three maybe? Mm, two or three. Two. Two, two, two or three. So I think um, he's only been with us for like four or five years. Yeah. But he's, I don't know. The way his contract was set up was that if he won the Stanley Cup, he got this amount of raise in another option that invested automatically. But back when the contract was written, these coaches didn't get big raises for the Cups. But now... Okay, it's very likely coaches get big raises when they win the cup. So I understand him wanting to go and get the money. The owners, they're billionaires. Just pay the couple extra million that he probably wanted and just make him happy. If he won you a cup. He deserves something. What if it comes out that his request was ridiculous? Yeah, that's a different story. If he's asking to triple his salary, see ya. What about Dublin? Dublin I think I'm okay with, but what, what did he make? Uh, I think he was. I think he was seven. asking for about five to six per per year. Yeah, that's probably around double. I'm okay with doubling it for winning your first Stanley Cup when you're a billionaire. You know, oh, I'm okay really. with it. And you know, you're getting extra income from winning the cup. Mm-hmm. You have to at least keep let's him be, around. Let's be honest here. Ovi finally just wanted a cup, and that's that's the reason we won. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we won because of a lot of different things. We won because he got those players to play harder than I've ever seen them. Um, they they pressured every loose puck. They pressured uh, the the defensive side of things. They were relentless on the offensive end. But but I'm not sure I don't if know. he's made his opinion clear now. He's probably still got a hangover. <laughs> yeah. My my one big take on I don't it think is it's a hangover. I think he's just still drunk. My one big take <laughs> on it is that. Even if you don't have the best relationship with him, keep him around one more year and get rid of him after that. Just keep him one more year from winning this cup. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's yeah, good and point. halfway it looks in the bad. season. It looks bad on you. Halfway in the season when they go on that that's a dance night, nine right? out of ten game skid, then you fire. Yeah. Then there you go. The season. Yeah. All right, when we come back, I've got a little soliloquy for our two-minute drill, and then we'll close out the show. All right, welcome back to 95 Sports. It's time to close out the show with our two-minute drill. And today's two-minute drill, I believe, Ty and Rob have given me the floor to close out our show with a little soliloquy that I have planned for um, my favorite NFL team, as most of our listeners know, the Dallas Cowboys. Would you call it a rant? I'm not sure if it's a rant. And I think you're going to be – so Rob and Ty don't know what's coming here. 
Uh, so I think they'll be kind of surprised. And this should provide some comedic relief for those of you who both are and aren't Cowboys fans. So here we go. This soliloquy is aimed towards the players and management of the Dallas Cowboys. <clears throat> Throughout the years, I've heard a lot about draft picks being hyped up and players that we have, both on the offensive and defensive side here. And, oh, we're, we're really excited about this. We're really excited about this team, and we're looking forward to great things. We've got new leaders on the team, and you know what? It's about time that we we, we put up or shut up. Jason Garrett, you've, you've been here for seven whole years now, and you really don't have much to show for it. We're now entering the training camp stage of football, and as this summer OTAs and voluntary practices come to an end, the mandatory training camps start up with, yet again, a lot of high hopes for Cowboys fans. But are we just getting prepped up to be let down once again? So this year, Dallas, I ask you, let's make it let's make it worth our while. I'm not sure what goes on down there at the Star. I've toured the thing myself, and it's a beautiful sight to see, but let's just make this training camp count. This is supposed to be a Dak-friendly team and supposed to have a young, energetic defense with Chris Richard, the leader of what used to be known as the Legion of Boom, leading our secondary. So, once again, as we come into our, our training camp session, let's get it right. Let's practice what we preach and get it right. From all of us at 9to5Sports, we'll see you next week. Cause everybody hurts